the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. It is hump day. Thank you, Jesus. And as you know, if you were listening to the last hour, I'm in a very good mood on this hump day tonight because we're getting over the hump, not just with Financial Thought Doctor coming up here in a moment, which always makes me giggle on Wednesdays, even though we're talking about money, but also because we're getting over the hump tonight with a brand new Speaker of the House, homeboy from LSU, Mike Johnson, and I could not be happier. I might have to put some Mardi Gras beads around my neck and drink me a hurricane uh, after I'm done with tonight's show, of course. It may be hour two, but you know he's still with me like he is every night of the week. He is spicy. He's a little tad, a little sweet. Never bitter. Never, never bitter indeed. Full of vitamins. Always good for you. It's DJ Sesame Broccolini. You got it, dude. Sesame Broccolini. Mm, yummy. <laughs> are we having fun tonight sesame i feel like we are and also go tigers just for all those lsu fans out there that are listening you know just it's been a good week for uh like you said the people of louisiana are finally mm-hmm. getting some power uh, and some presentation at the seat of the table so uh, you mm-hmm. know the big boy table it's uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you feel about it but you know it's it's uh becoming incredibly clear that uh you know mm-hmm. there's a revolution yes, going fine. on it's coming out of louisiana that's right. Finally, some R E S P E C T as the song goes. I might need to, I might need to fly back to DC and insist that the congressional cafeteria have some crawfish, some, <laughs> maybe some etouffee on the menu, as well as every Monday, of course, some red beans and rice. Um, joining me now as always on Wednesdays. And of course, I'm hungry thinking of him because he's probably got a prime rib in the oven right now, probably smoking a stogie. Sipping on a little McAllen or whatever is delighting his palate tonight. It is the financial thought doctor himself, a.k.a. Fighting Meadows, Dave Elhoff. Hello, my dear. You forgot to mention Crawfish Monica. (gasps) Crawfish Monica. You had to go there. Now I'm now I got to get on a plane to go to New Orleans. Okay, that's what I got to do. (laughs) There you go. Have you ever been to Mardi Gras? No. Well, I mean, you were a Navy pilot. Kind of every day was Mardi Gras for you Navy pilots. They do Mardi Gras just about every day down there. (laughs) Throwing (laughs) beads. I mean. (laughs) We'd have never heard from El Hoff again. It'd be like, where's Fighting Meadows? In the in the ready room, they'd be like, "Where's Fighting Meadows?" Oh man, dude, he's still on Bourbon Street. <laughs> uh, I tell you, that is a fun place. I love the food. I love the music. Yes, absolutely, for sure. 
Um, all right. We got to get serious, though, because it's real serious right now. And we've been spending so much time. I'm so glad to have you on tonight, because while everybody's been focused on the battle for the speaker gavel, focused on Israel, rightfully so, with our you know Jewish brothers and sisters suffering over there. We still have Americans, by the way, that are held hostage and, and or missing. Uh, we have Americans still suffering at home here under Bidenomics. And I saw something that just was like, what? Um, we all know right now how expensive it is to buy a car. And then imagine if you're one of the now, we have uh, we have the highest a record number of people behind on the late payments and facing repossessions in this country. I think this is the highest it's been since 1994. And when somebody's car gets repossessed, particularly in Southern California, if you live and work in, in the French Quarter, you don't need a car, right? But in Southern California, you need a car. So what tends to happen if people get repossessed is they end up losing their job because we don't have good tr- public transportation. We're looking at possibly 1.5 tr- uh, not trillion, but 1.5 million repossessions this year. There's people, and it's mainly the subprime borrower, which those are the people with lower credit scores. So they tend to pay a higher interest rate, which right now is anywhere between 14 and 20 something percent. Dave Elhoff, this is terrible. Well, when you tack on top of that, the higher price of gasoline at the pump yeah. that people have to pay, that, that cuts into their car payments. Yeah. And yeah, California, you know, they don't have a public transit system that really allows people not to have a car. And right. a lot of people on the East Coast, uh, Washington, um, D.C., the uh, New York Metroplex and all that, they depend upon public transportation. Many of them don't have cars. They don't need cars. So they don't care. In D.C., they don't care what's going on. They they either don't have a car or they're riding in the back of a limo. (laughs) (laughs) And and I tell you what, there's just not enough carpools in uh, uh, California that cover that type of stuff. So people are hurting out there. It's starting to to grind on it. And uh, as I mentioned in that article, there's a couple articles below it where when the student loans start coming due and they have to make payments, that's going to affect their oh, car man. payments too. And and it's a problem. And everything this administration done has not done anything to solve the problem. It adds to the problem. And that's, that's the problem folks is that yeah. you're going to have to make some tough choices. If you are one of those people that are in that category where you have those higher interest payments in order to keep your car. Well, yeah, because, uh, and, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the uh, Biden administration, what they did is they, they created this inflation situation that was out of control. And then the solution is to raise interest rates coming on the heels of people um, maxing out their credit cards to try to survive during COVID when they were shutting their homes and their jobs and businesses were taken away from them. So on top of these high interest rate loans for their car, they're now their credit card, uh, they can't, I mean, they can probably barely even make the minimum payments, let alone work the balances down. On top of the fact they can't afford gas or groceries, we're looking at a really, a really, I mean, many, many Americans, millions of Americans are really facing some perilous times coming up here. 
And that the figure that you said first that came out of your mouth when you're talking about the car repossesses a trillion dollars. That's where the credit card debt is today. It's never been there before where Americans owe a trillion dollars. That's right. That's where the number came from. Yeah. Yes. And and that is a problem. Especially most of those credit cards are charging you 20 plus percent. So mm-hmm. that is a huge bite, and that's going to be a problem. A lot of people don't think we're going to have a recession. Well, I tell you, we're going to have a recession. It is not, it's just not working, folks. The government's spending money the way they do. There is increase in costs, inflation, food, across the board increase in inflation is eating away. And that's, there's so many uh, distractions for people today. They don't sit down and think about where are we spending our money and what is it costing us to survive? Are we charging up 20% credit card debts? Do we have an 18% loan on our car? They need to sit down and recalculate the decisions they've made in the past and figure out a way to get out of this mess. And those people on the lower end of the scale, unfortunately, are the ones that need it most. And now we have these high interest rates, and they're the least that can afford it. They cannot afford the higher interest rates. No, they can't. And the solution isn't necessarily like here in California for Gavin Newsom to just make an executive decision for fast food workers to now make 25 an hour. Because when the average one bed in San Diego, we talked about this last week, is the most expensive place to live in this country. And yet we're importing illegals here who don't even speak the language, let alone make enough money, therefore, to, to live here. It's, it's just a nightmare. If you are here and you can't afford to live here, you might need to think about leaving and going someplace where you can afford to live. Because the solution solution isn't to take money away from other citizens to support you. And on top of that, uh, well, we, we don't have time to get into too much more of that. I was wondering about, and this is why you need to have a conversation with Elhoff one-on-one, because there's different tr- thoughts here. Some people say, you know, you know, you never secure, you never take a secured asset like a house to cover unsecured debt. Um, but if you're sitting on a whole lot of, of capital, in your home, maybe it makes sense to do a reverse mortgage or pull some money out to pay off those high interest credit cards if you're a senior and you've run up your credit cards. I, I don't know your thoughts on that, Elhoff. Well, I can tell you this is that uh, reverse mortgage have a place. Uh, SEC and Fender used to say it's a last resort. They don't say that anymore. They become educated. People need to be able to tap the equity in their homes for retirement, for issues, paying off high-cost debt. And that debt that's on your car and the debt that is high on credit cards is not deductible. Interest on your home loan is deductible. So you get a benefit from that deductibility of the interest as opposed to paying the 20% that you don't get a deductible. Oh, I didn't think about that. 
Okay. I was thinking, take an, take a secured asset to pay off an unsecured asset. What are we doing here? But there's a tax break on that. Okay. See, this is why you got to talk to financial thought doctor, not AK. <laughs> talk to me about recipes for how to make a crawfish pie. Go to Elhoff for the financial thought doctor for financial wisdom. How can people get a hold of you? One nine five four eight zero nine six five, or go to financialthoughtdoctor.com, www.financialthoughtdoctor.com. All my information is there, and there's plenty of educational videos there that can educate you folks to think a layer deeper about how your money is working for you and how government financial institutions are trying to take it away from you. So call me, 619-548-0965. 619-548-0965. All right, my dear. Thanks so much. Right. Carry on with your fun self. <laughs> Talk at you later. Bye, dear. Louisiana crawfish. I'll send you. Uh, you know what? I'm going to bake you one of my famous crawfish pies, man. All right. You're going to love me forever. All right. Okay. And we're going to take. Okay. Hold me to it now. Hold me to it. I promise. All right, now you guys stay tuned. We got more Andrea K show coming right up. Don't go away. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Glad to have you guys here with me. Hey, if you uh, miss any part of tonight's show or you just want to hear it all over again cuz we just that fun to hang out with. Download our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Email me at andreakshow.com with your thoughts, ideas, suggestions. Um, I'm always looking for ideas, things to watch on TV, yummy things to eat, guest ideas, just whatever you guys want to wrap with me and email me and say hi. I love it all. And our 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. And by the way, have you ever had crawfish? Sesame, broccolini? Uh, yes, but only, it's been a while actually since I've had crawfish, but my, my stepfather was from the South and he, uh, he Woo! would do some Cajun cooking every now and then and it was very good. Always okay. very good. Lots of seafood. Ex- Excellent. Um, I make the best crawfish pie you've ever had in your life. Do you, do you even know what crawfish pie is? <laughs> I have no idea what crawfish think pie of it, is. It, think of it like a chicken pot pie, but with crawfish. Oh, that sounds, I had chicken pot pie last night. Wow. Yeah. Funny. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So chicken pot pie made with crawfish. I was having some surgery a few years ago and I'm one to think I've, I've not had a whole lot of surgeries in my life, but I've had three or four. And I always, because you know what happens before you have surgery, right? You, you know, they starve you to death and you can't eat the morning. To, well, you, uh, you can't eat the morning of surgery, which to me, missing one meal, and I feel like I'm starving to death, right? So I'm always uh, laying on the operating table as they're putting me under talking about food. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm known for it in, in my family. And unfortunately, though, they got me talking and I gave away the secret to my famous crawfish pie. No. Right before I went under. Yes. And I did not. And because I was like about to go under the anesthesia, I, of course, didn't get them to agree to a non-disclosure. <laughs> right. I mean, I was whacked out. I didn't get any non-disclosure agreement. That document. Can't, so who I, knows who's out there making my, my crawfish pie without giving me the credit? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Ridiculous. Do you have a secret? Do you have any secrets that, that uh, you don't want to reveal? Um, yeah, I'm going to keep those to myself. 
<laughs> no, not honestly, not that many. Uh, Touche, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta know Let's when to hold them, when to fold them. I'm holding them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about a certain airline pilot and a secret he might have wanted to keep quiet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so, okay, so was it last week this Alaskan Airlines plane had to be had to be landed because a pilot who was not flying the plane, but he was in a jump seat, tried to take over the, the plane and shut off the engines. And the more this story, he's been charged with like 87 accounts or whatever of attempted murder, but more deets about this story is coming out. And it's really, it's really verging on the freaky geeky. What have you heard? Uh, yeah, honestly, it, it sounds like he was running on no sleep. It sounds like it had been 40 hours or so since he'd been awake, like no, no sleeping at all. Sounds like he was on magic mushrooms. Sounds like he, <laughs> uh, was going through, I guess, something emotionally. He said he thought he was having a nervous breakdown. Um, and he said he thought he was in a dream. And so he tried to pull the handle on the emergency exit because he wanted to just finally wake up. And I don't know if that's <laughs> as weak as Jenna Ellis's defense or weaker. Um, interesting week for very and lots yeah. of a lot of weak defenses this week. <laughs> well, at least this guy's defense is entertaining, right? It was it wasn't his fault. It was the magic shrooms, man. Between him like an and, and Janet Yellen on the shrooms too. It's like, well, what's what's going on? There's an epidemic in this country. Have you ever seen you were singing we were singing an old school classic great song before the show you're you're like an old soul have you ever uh do you know the song by Jefferson Starship uh one pill oh, it, it's, <laughs> yes you know that white rabbit oh yeah mm-hmm. R- right that was the theme song of a movie called go ask Alice did you ever see this movie I did not who was in it it was based on a true story. It was done in the 70s. It, this was back when I was growing up, 70s, 80s, and 90s. You know, movies, you would watch CBS, NBC, and ABC, and cable, TBS, and CNN. We didn't have, like, Fox News, and we didn't have Bravo and stuff like that. And there would be regular movies that would replay every year, like Lilies of the Field, Sound of Music, you know, mu- you know, you know um, Fiddler on the Roof. And one of the movies that replayed on a regular basis was Go Ask Alice. And it was based on a true story. This high school girl wrote a diary and she got addicted to drugs, I think in the 60s. And the story was made into a movie. And my parents made me watch it to freak me out and scare me against doing drugs. And by the way, it worked. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the theme song for it. And so, you know, I've always been scared to death since my, you know, and that song always just creeps me out. So I would never do any of these shrooms. Evidently, it's called microdosing, and it's like this has become like a super popular thing to do. And it's like, I, I mean, why would anybody want to? I, I mean, I would be so scared to mess my brain up like that. I'd be scared that I would freak out, right? Yeah, well, because it's even if it's a small, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's some literature or some quack studies out there. I don't know. Look, I mean, honestly. It seems like anytime you play with a hallucinogen, I mean, you're running a pretty big risk. It's like these are very psychoactive. This whole drug is engineered to make you uh, have some sort of, I don't know, out of 
out of world experience i don't even know what it would be like but this guy says he felt like he was in a dream sounds more like it was Uh a nightmare because he couldn't wake up and he wanted to right um so to me i i would just be and then you're thirty thousand feet in the air it's like i i don't know why you thought it'd be a good idea to to microdose and then to get on on board an airplane (laughs) (laughs) um it's like really hard for me to to you know empathize with that situation come on man foresight think about it and, and I've just even I don't know that I ever would have been tempted to do drugs, even if my parents hadn't like, you know, put the fear in me. It, my whole childhood was like a scared straight. Did you, did you no, ever hear yeah. this scared? <laughs> yeah, my my childhood was basically one long episode of scared straight. My parents trying to, you know, scare me by t- giving me reality, uh, you know, stories of what happens. But excuse me, I'm getting hiccups. It's good for kids to see that, by the way, uh, learning about the, the consequences of your actions. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. ideally, people just want to live happily and healthily, and they don't want right. to put any, anything bad in their bodies. But even still, it's, I remember having Dare come to my school as a kid, you know, with police officers, mm-hmm. and they were saying, we'll arrest you, we'll book you, it'll be hard for you to get jobs, it'll ruin your life. And it was very yeah. clear. I mean, that was a Catholic school, but still, it was like, all right, I mean, th- this, this is a good thing. Instead of having drag yeah. queens come in, they had firefighters exactly. and law enforcement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Much better outcomes. And, that, that and, was the good right. old days. And and then instead of taking kids to see drag shows, they took kids to Rikers Island, right, and had them talk to murderers uh, to scare them into you know into you know acting right. So and I always was somebody that was like, why I'm going to learn from somebody else's mistake? Why would I want to? And and I always had the theory too that to me it would be arrogant to think that I would be the one person that could do drugs and not get addicted when so many people would get addicted. And I can remember one of the most tragic stories for me was the gal who played cruise director, Julie McCoy. I can remember thinking, looking up to her and thinking she was so cute. So amazing. I love the show, the love boat. When I found out she was a Coke addict, I was like, Oh my gosh, I was just so disappointed in her. I was so sad about that. But I also watched, cause yes, I was the kid that watched 60 minutes on Sunday nights and watched 2020 on Friday nights when it was hosted by Hugh Downs and Barbara Walters. And I never will forget Dan rather did an uh, a episode on 60 minutes called Dutch treat. And it had to do with the Netherlands and Copenhagen and Scandinavia and the entitlement society where somebody can do a crappy piece of art, like Hunter Biden and live off the government and sit and smoke pot in the pot, you know, shops and pop bars all day long. And I remember thinking, you know, who wants to be a part of that kind of lazy society, a bunch of losers sitting around with their heads messed up all day. And isn't that what we're doing in this country right now? (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately that seems, but but it's not too late. We can turn around. It is never too late to turn around. Um, I'm hearing something like there's some giggling going on or something going. Are, are you guys microdosing over there in the station? Because I'm not in the station right now. <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> okay. Good. I can I can assure you, everyone here is uh, all we have our wits about us. Trust me. Okay, very good. Now Jamal Bowman, who remembers brother friend Jamal Bowman, who is the Democrat who tried to pull the fire alarm to stop a vote that had to do with the continuing resolution around the time of the shutdowns. Remember Jamal Bowman? He claimed that he was just former school principal claimed he was just trying to rush back to make a vote. Right. When clearly he was busted on video, pulling the fire alarm and then running out on the street, (laughs) trying to avoid uh, the, you know, uh, first responders coming his way. Well, he actually was charged 
in a district court today with a misdemeanor. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, finally some accountability. This is not accountability. Sesame Broccolini, because I'm not a, a comma JD, but even I know that what happened, what he did was a felony. And it's actually what many of the Jan Sixers were accused of, which was obstructing an official proceeding. And he should have been charged in a federal court and he should be facing the gulag like every other Jan Six defendant. Correct. Oh, absolutely. And I also, it's, I just don't buy his whole story. This giant yeah. red handle that says pull for fire alarm. That must be <laughs> for the door, right? <laughs> Maybe he was on the shrooms, man. Maybe he <laughs> microdosed. Maybe Janet Yellen is selling it to him. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. Is Gavin Newsom on some shrooms? He, why, why in the world would California Governor Newsolini fly over to China right now? I mean, you know, I, I I have. I think it's sus. I have my suspicions on why he's there. Attorney Tom DeBacaro, an author of The Divided Air, is going to join us next to talk about Gavin Mussolini's excellent adventure over to communist China. Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. Having a great time here on this hump day. In good spirits, now that Mike Johnson is going to be Speaker of the House. We talked at the open of the hour about the economic conditions, though, facing many Americans, particularly here in California. But have no fear, California residents, because your fearless leader, Gavin Mussolini, is ensconced in Sacramento. No, oh, no, he's not. He's actually off on his excellent adventure, off on a toot, as we say in the South. And where is he? He's all the way around the world in communist China. Why is he in communist China? <laughs> Before we bring in Tom DeBacaro to get his take on it, famed attorney and author of books like The Divided Era, I want you to hear Gavin Newsom's explanation as to why in the midst of all kinds of crises happening here in California, why he's over, like homelessness, why he's actually over in uh, China. Oh, there are a lot of Californians that say we have so many problems in our state. Look at homelessness. Look at everything. What are you doing in China when we've got so much to deal with on our own soil? What do you say to them? Well, our our, our soil is becoming aridified because of climate change. Um, The impact of uh, of climate knows no boundaries, knows no jurisdiction. I, I, I don't need to remind Californians the last four or five years, extreme heat, extreme drought, extreme uh, floods uh, this year. And we're not going to solve it alone. We need China. Um, he's, he's abandoning California to go to China because our soil is a rid of what? What we need to get rid of is Gavin Newsom. Joining me now to discuss is the aforementioned Tom DeBacaro. Hello, my dear. Thanks for being here tonight. Great to be on. What a what a total liar he is. First of all, the last four <laughs> or five years. Oh, I seem to remember that last year was one of the wettest years in a century. And oh, by the way, this is the, one of the wettest last hundred years in the last 7,000 years. Don't say don't take my word for it. Take UC Davis's word for it. So he's just an outright liar. And what he did was outrageous for a number of reasons. And I'd love to tell them to you. Please. Well, let's start with number one, where he said, I wish I was president while he was abroad. Now, 
When I was young, at the beginning of time, <laughs> uh, sorry, at the beginning of time, there's this rule that you foreign policy stops at the water's edge when right. there's an international crisis. Right. Here is a man where his own president is in crisis and he's abroad saying, I wish to be president. That is yeah. a petulant, childish, self-centered, egomaniac like I've never seen, let alone from his own party. Right. Then he goes to China. What happens in China? I don't know, slavery. What happens in China? I don't know, one new coal plant every day. What happens in China? Oh, that's right. They write checks not only to the Bidens, but Iran. And he is over there during a crisis funded by Iran. And he's got nothing to say about human rights because our soil is, oh, that's right. It rained a lot last year. My name's Gavin. I don't really remember. I, I just yeah. cannot say to you how outrageous it was mm -hmm. that he did this. And he has taken grief from all corners, including his own side. And I think justifiably so. Absolutely. I mean, clearly he's planning to run in 2024. Um, and and the Demo you're right. Democrats are, are like, what the hell are you doing, dude, going over to China? The timing was crappy. Um, the the um, big footing of the Biden administration was crappy. This it, it, one of the things that I'm happy to see here with this overstepping on his part is that it goes to show that he is not really anybody to be feared. There's so many conservatives that are like, oh, my gosh, if he gets in the race in 2024, we're so dead because this dude is so slick no he's really not that slick y you know it, yeah is is he governor of california yeah but you know what that that's just an indictment of california voters you know we had a saying at xerox in a valley of blind men a one-eyed man could be king that doesn't mean that this guy uh is going to be able to run a successful campaign and win over country the the rest of this country right he ain't going to be winning over ohio voters right and 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 trying to go and trying to say though climate change is the biggest issue right now when we've got Americans freaking out that we've got Hamas terrorists coming across our border, ain't nobody buying that garbage. And even if they did, China is the worst violator on climate change. Why would he go there, right? Well, to give them a photo op. Yet another idiot move. Yeah. So what does China do? It takes the pictures with Gavin Newsom that they took from President Xi on down to dictator Xi on down. And they use those in their portfolio. See, we care. Will they actually change any of their policies? Of course not. They're pleased as punch, as you heard Humphrey used to say back in the 60s before you were born, that the United States is willing to unilaterally economically disarm while they continue to pump with coal-firing plants, their economic model, and have ships in the Middle East, and create allies, be the power broker in the Middle East, fund Iran. So the timing is stupid. The politics of it, even in general, is stupid. And he sat in a $160,000 electric car. In China? <laughs> I didn't Hello? see that. <laughs> so tell me how that is, you know, 
It's French laundry all over again. That was the automobile version of French laundry. I'm telling you, and, and, you know, you said something very interesting, which is people do think, oh, you know, if he was plopped in by Obama at the last second and no one else could run. But let's say he goes for 2020. California continues to slide along because it is right. And then he has to face the press, the the entire American press for two years. And they see how vapid he is. Right. Because without a teleprompter, he's he's a fool. His policies are a fool. So how would he do for two years? And that's basically what you're saying, that once they got a good uh, gander at him, that they would walk away. I hope you're right. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure I am. And he also uh, one of the one of the I think the strategy behind this is that I think he does know that the Democrat Party wants a woman of color and that it's not and it's not going to be Kamala. He's trying to Bigfoot, not just the Biden administration, but Michelle Obama, because that's really who the Democrat plan, Democrats plan to push at the last moment at the uh, the DNC in Chicago. And he's trying to force himself onto the Democrat Party. He's trying to create a way for himself that will override her um, at the very least put him on as VP. I, because he's, he, he knows that the Democrat Party does not want what is considered to be an old white male. They got to have they got to have somebody of color at the top of the ticket. So and it's not going to be Kamala. So I predict and have predicted from the very beginning it was going to be Michelle Obama. And I hope I'm wrong because I actually think yeah, I, she would be. A- I, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go over there with you. However, yeah, what you should do is Google. Are you ready? Yeah, Gavin Newsom, Sacramento Bee, and white privilege. And there was a blistering op-ed several years ago about why on earth are we giving all these uh, advantages to this guy and running this race. And it's true. You're 100 percent true. He's the poster boy. Look, the Washington Post said that uh, Adam Schiff shouldn't be the Senate candidate. And neither should uh, uh, I was going to say Katy Perry. Um, that's how tired I am. The woman from Orange County, uh, who's also named Katie. Why are these? Yeah, why are these? Uh, at least I didn't say Taylor Swift. By the way, you are aware of what uh, Taylor's the combo of Taylor Swift and uh, that that football player is, don't you? What? Never mind. My point is white privilege. I'm gonna have to, have to Google that. Kelsey Democrat and Swift. I, I don't. Okay, go on. What? Thirty seconds. Wrap <laughs> yeah. us up, Tom Debacaro. The the American left is obsessed with diversity, except for when it comes to political and economic power. They keep that for themselves. And Mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom is a disaster. And what he did to the Biden administration in a time of crisis should never be forgotten by a Democrat. Well, Tom DeBacaro, thank you for being here. I know you're fatigued. I know you're tired, but you knocked it out of the park as always. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift trailer. Come on, work on that. (laughs) Take care. All right, my dear. Take it easy. Go get some rest. You guys take a little break, but we'll be right back. Don't go away. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. 
and welcome back to tonight andrea k show glad to have you guys along for the ride with me tonight email me at andreakshow.com andreakshow.com got an email here to read quickly for you guys uh mo says thank you jesus for the day and for keeping despicable disgusting deplorable jeffries from becoming speaker of the house now it remains to be seen yes it does um Sometimes, even if uh, this was a major victory in a variety of, of different ways, and not, and not the least of which is that uh, Hakeem Jeffries was blocked. Adam Kinzinger and other rhinos and never Trumpers were actually saying, look, if they don't get it done today, we're just going to we, we it's so desperate. We got it. We got to work with the Democrats and get Hakeem Jeffries in there. Um, hashtag no. Um, so, uh, during the break, Sesame Broccolini was telling me a story I hadn't heard about, and it's about Nigel Farage being debanked. I had some fun hanging out with, uh, Nigel at the last time I went to CPAC. I don't really have any plans to go back. Um, but what's going on with Nigel Farage? He got some weird notification about this bank that's partnered with NatWest, which is a a major financial institution, um, closing down his account without his knowledge or consent until it was way too late. And it's obviously about politics. They said it was something about his position on climate change and our role in it and what to do about it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And the whole climate narrative, which I have a lot of problems with, they said his position doesn't align with their values and with their goals and the sort of, you know, social impact mission they have for rebuilding the world and making it more inclusive and eco-friendly. So, yeah, I mean, this is about punishing him economically until he bends the knee to their political agenda. It's it's sad, but it just goes to show you, I mean, this is happening in the UK where they don't have a constitution and the parliament is the law of the land and there's a lot of executive authority and discretion in how people are treated. And I just can't believe that banks are also, you know, so eager to cut off their own their own customers and go after their own you know their own uh uh, well users over politics but well there's a lot of reasons for that and this is all part of the global plan to uh implement communism around the world because the chinese and and nusselini's over there cozying up with china right and what do they do over there um and nusselini was during covid I mean, he was just drunk with communistic power, bragging yep. about how he had on the state. He had the state on a dimmer switch and could just, you know, reopen and shut down businesses on a whim. And what's going on in China and has for a long time is social credit scores. You know, they uh, there's no cash. It's a cashless society. I believe it's still a cash. There may be I don't know. There may be, you know, hard currency of the yen, um, but you still no, have a social no, credit it's, score. It's all digital. It's all digital. Yeah, it's all digital. And this is one reason why during covid they pretended that, you know, a lot of stores were, oh, were we don't have enough change, so we can't take cash. There's a push for cashless society going on because they want social credit scores to be implemented on us. And if you don't uh, comply with the state's. Uh, you know, you're monitored, and if you don't comply and spew the state's um, beliefs, yep. then you won't be able to buy groceries, get medical care, live your life, basically. And banks, uh, why would a bank do this? Why would a bank care? Because banks have already been for years now subject to ESG scores, which is social credit scores for banking institutions. 
uh, and, and ESG stands for environment, social, social justice and governance. And so banks are rewarded now because Standard and Poor's and Dun and Bradstreet and others are evaluating banks according to their social credit score. And so um, I'm looking at Nigel Farage's. And, and by the way, Laura Loomer was probably the first to be uh, to be uh, subject to this. She was not only uh, debanked, she was deplatformed. She couldn't uh, use PayPal. She couldn't use an Uber. She couldn't rent an Airbnb. So we're already have that happening. How many how many stories have we heard of GoFundMe shutting down GoFundMe campaigns because they don't like it doesn't match our policies. Right. And Nigel Farage tweeted. I'm just looking. He says Nat West staff laughed and celebrated closing my bank accounts, used abusive language against me, said I was a Russian spy, considered the use of anti-terrorism laws and then incited violence by saying they would kick me out of a moving car. This is what we face here in the States and around the world. Now that the left has control of the institutions, they will use them to punish mm -hmm. anyone who ever stood in their way or holds a different value or perspective. It's just about raw power. And this this is leverage, unfortunately. It's and that's what it is. The Marxists only see the light. They see all of history in terms of class conflict. You're either pro-America, anti-America, you're pro-patriotism, you're anti-patriotism, you're pro-nationalism, you're not, you're pro-illegal immigration, whatever. That's all they see. The world is black and white. You're either an, an ally to their to their communist takeover or you're someone who's you're an infidel right and this is where you see this sort of you know merger between the marxist left Mm -hmm. in america and the islamist as we've been talking about a lot lately you are the same in those you know worldviews Mm -hmm. you are if you disagree you're an infidel you must be deprogrammed hillary clinton's coming out and not a lot of backlash from democrats when hillary clinton says we should deprogram half the country and then brainwash Mm -hmm. them not a lot of backlash so maybe newsom is is looking to push it and you just see it coming from the entire democrat party at this point um and also you know again nigel nigel for those of you who remember mr brexit himself this is a political thing this is punishment for actually turning people in the UK on to nationalism again and to rewriting, you know, the social contract with their European counterparts and to renegotiating certain deals that have been in place for decades. This is all political. It's all about going after the conservative movement wherever it is, regardless if it's mm-hmm. the USA or the UK. Thank you, Sesame Broccolini, for a great show. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to the listeners, all my friends and peeps out there. Love you so much. We'll see you on tomorrow night's show on our Friday Eve show. So come on back 6 p.m. Pacific time. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Download the podcast. Peace out. Keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 